Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. This is Steven. With me is Cousin Brian. What's going on? Shiki Poo. What's up, guys? How are you? And, uh, and what? I just answer my that's question. All, that's all three. <laughs> that's all three How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Been a good, good week of almost no work to do. So I've nice been hanging out. Nice. What about, uh, do you guys have spring break? Do your girls, how does the, cause it's a year round thing. Yeah. They're all the kids are on spring break right now. Okay. But the the girls is like two weeks instead of one. Okay. Yeah, we just got done with ours. So we did like a random three-day thing with... We had three of their families in one house in like a lake down here in Granbury. Granbury Lake. It was 13 children. Oh. That's a lot of kids. And four adults. No, I'm sorry, eight adults. So it was 21 people in one house. And this was not, it was actually bigger How on the big inside. Was house? It was only like 4,000 square feet. But when you pull up to it, dude, it looked like it was 2,000 square feet. And apparently it has like a bunch of add ons in the back and then like another like room and like a basement type room that was like a media room. It was cool. It, it actually worked out pretty well. But dude, when we pulled up, I was like, oh my God, this is going to suck. <laughs> you know, my parents were <laughs> well, It wasn't too anymore. bad. My parents' little house, that 700-square-foot yeah. cabin, they had some people. It was the, the yeah. cook from um, where your dad eats all the time in Dallas, the really ritzy place. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Via Real. That's it, Via Real. And uh, the cook from there showed up, and he brought like eight to nine people, and that, that place only sleeps, what, like six, maybe, like on a good day. So I don't Say know where six they, on a couch, right? Like you're gonna have to include the couch. Yeah, yeah, that's with like I'm just saying, like everything, like on a good day, like you and you, you've got everything taken. It'll sleep six, and they had like eight or nine. It was. You walked in, they're just stuck that's everywhere. insane. Yeah, and then they drank from the river and got giardia. The yeah, I heard about that. I think uh, know, Kathy told me about that. Yeah, they that had beaver is... fever hilarious and awful at the same time yeah so my week was good i uh lots of work uh started scheduling my own stuff and and the guy who was training me took off for vacation so i was kind of on my own and learning a job and liking it man so it's been going good nice good well uh we skipped a week but uh I feel like the so it's been two weeks since we've done a show, and uh, a lot has happened in the world. First off, I'll give one very important uh, current event that happened last week, and then um, Schick, I believe you have some sports updates for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, did you see that the Senate unanimously passed a bill to get rid of? Daylight savings time. 
<laughs> I did. Huh? I, I saw it as well. I'm. It doesn't I'm bug me that much. It. I hate it. Why? I don't know. It, the the jump forward screws me up bad every time. Like we did a show about this last year, and because we talked about like the history of it. But it kills me every time. Like I like Tuesday, and it's always random. But then Tuesday evening, after the time change, last Tuesday night, I woke up at three thirty in the morning. Went to bed at like eleven thirty. Hmm. Just woke up at three thirty. Was awake. Yeah. Just meh. There's a there's a, I read a stat on um, that the day after a time change on Monday mornings that there is a spike by twenty five percent of heart attacks. That happen because people are not getting enough sleep. Let's see, we're, you we're literally a, killing people. Yeah, I, I mean, you got a pretty weak heart. <laughs> if that's what's killing you, like, you probably I don't think that's killing <laughs> healthy Americans. Shick, um, I don't think that you have been paying attention the last two years. How many comorbidities you have does not matter, sir. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I did see uh, something random uh, article thing that talked about like the how late the latest mornings, if this does get passed, basically we'll jump forward, we'll fall back this fall, and then we'll jump forward next spring and stay that way. It said that some places in the United States, like the West Coast and East Coast, like Washington, there will be their their latest morning. They will not have sunrise until nine thirty five in the morning. That's fine. That'd that's, be weird. That's absolutely fine. I'm not saying it it's weird, but it's like just you weird look at that... the summers, like where I live, up you know more northern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we in the summers it's not dark, like dark dark until right. ten ten fifteen. True, which is amazing in the summers, but the winters you get the opposite where it's dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and. I, I, like I said, I would stay on one time continuously. I, I hate falling back, springing forward, falling back, springing forward. I hate it. It kills me. It takes me a week to get back on schedule. Falling, like my jumping schedule. forward screws me up. Falling backwards, I love it. Get like an extra sleep. I feel great. But fall, jumping forward, and it was the same thing when I went to Hawaii. I adjusted really fast because you go five hours backwards but then when i came back for for five hours forward man that killed me <laughs> i going to australia that was brutal you gained no. a day <laughs> which was insane that's weird no thanks all right so chick uh what you got for us and there's been i know there's been a lot of stuff over here in my dude there's so much my yeah town. what what are the cowboys doing they just don't want to win anymore they were like no. yeah i thought you know, we signed Dak and he's back and we look pretty good and let's just let everybody go I don't yeah they're saying i think <laughs> amari cooper? yeah amari cooper they're saying that there might have been more there than just like his money the money's obviously a huge part of it but uh, they're saying there's some local stuff that's saying that, that him and Dak didn't necessarily get along very well, that him and he wasn't happy with the offensive coordinator because he wasn't getting involved enough. And so, I mean, I don't really blame him. They, I mean, they cited like many examples of him being like on the It wasn't just Cooper though, man. I'm talking like down. they lost their tackle, Collins. 
They had to yep. they cut him. They lost Gregory in like the Gregory, last second to the Broncos. Ones. Like they have yeah. not improved at all this offseason. <laughs> nope. But, I mean Do you think they're Tom, betting so, on the draft? No, I think that they just don't know what they're no. doing. I yeah, I don't think they I don't think Steven Jones the is the cap guy, and I just don't think they know what they're doing there. But then also, have you heard about like Jerry Jones's stuff? So they had the cheerleading scandal thing come out. Well, he's got a kid, and, then, <clears throat> and now he's not? got a kid. <laughs> I mean, that's like the least shocking thing to hear. I know it's not that surprising. Do we lose Brian? Yeah, my phone just it hung up on him. Oh, rude. Can you hear me? I don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah I don't know what that was. <clears throat> yeah, so Jerry's got a surprise baby, <clears throat> and uh, who's twenty six? <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah, yeah they're not talking about anything right now. That doesn't matter. It's, but it yeah. does when he's the GM and he's no, the, you know no, the whole distraction matter. thing. It doesn't matter. Some people are just bigger than it all, and Jerry Jones is one of them. <laughs> it's not going to hurt him. That's for damn sure. So Tom Tom Brady <clears throat> retired for 40 days. And yep. <laughs> all all just cuz he was trying to leverage a trade to San Francisco. And then it was like immediately Bruce Arians was just like keen to it because somebody in the media was like what would it take to trade the rights of Tom Brady after he said he was retired and Arians was like five first round draft picks. And then at that point Brady's probably like, "Well, I can't get out of Tampa Bay." So he just comes back. <laughs> but it's just like these guys just like mess around. Like it just like it's it doesn't matter. It's just child's play. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, after being a douche for his whole life, was back at it this offseason again. Yep. And then and then he, he has like such this problem with what came out, the figures of his contract that came out. He's like, I didn't agree to four years, two hundred million. And he ends up signing for three years, hundred and fifty million. It's like the exact same like yeah. average per year and everything. And you're just like, oh, you're such a good guy. You like, you took a huge pay increase to demolish your team's chances because you don't care about winning at all. And you suck in the. No, it's all about him. Yeah. And you suck. Ah, oh, dude, he was so bad this last offseason or postseason. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and I don't yeah. like the I guy. He's this, a weirdo. If you look at the Bills, <clears throat> if you look at the Bills, what they're doing over in, in Buffalo, those guys, man, they're out to win. Because yeah. like a lot of their star players are restructuring their contracts and all this other stuff, so that they can free up salary space so that or cap space so they can get these better guys to come over. But so. do you think they would have done that? I mean, other than just they're all just like really good at the heart. I uh, really care about the game because that's not true. So do you think if they wouldn't have lost the way they lost to Kansas City and been that close? Do you think they would that would still would happen, or do you think it's they were just well, so some close of the re- that they're no, just like, like, like I don't give a shit. Some of the restructuring, all they're doing I is they're I'll... front loading the guaranteed money that lessens the cap hit. So it's like they're mm-hmm. not they're not sacrificing the money. It's just all about the language and timing that like is ways yeah. to manipulate the cap. Like yeah. they're not saying like yeah, pay me five hundred thousand dollars less so that we can sign this dude, um, right? No, no, I agree, but they're they're doing it in a lot smarter way than a lot of other teams have been doing. Oh, they're doing a lot better than the freaking Cowboys. These guys are idiots. Yeah, but I mean, there was a ton of moves, though. Like, Khalil Mack 
The Bears traded to the Chargers. The top corner, J.C. Jackson, signed with the Chargers. Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. Deshaun Watson just signed with the Browns. Yep, saw that. And I there's just like, heard that. And there's like nowhere <laughs> for Baker Mayfield to go now, which is hilarious. I love watching that kid fail because – what was can't. the deal with him? Did he? Because like I thought they had, they were getting, they were doing. Didn't they do better last year at the end of the season? Like I thought the yeah, locker I mean, room just really liked him, or is he not? Nah, I don't, I don't know about that. But he sucks. He's always sucked. I can't believe he was yeah. the number one overall pick. Like, I it was just mind blowing to me. And he's been exactly <laughs> what I thought. He's just like a complete fraud. He's a midget. He can't see over the line. He's so banged up at this point that like his mobility barely gets him out of trouble like it used to. And uh and it's from OU, so he what, sucks. What kind of question, like what these scouts for the NFL, obviously when they get paid lots of money to find guys who are gonna win and do their jobs. But more often than not, you get a lot of these guys who are complete flops in the NFL. They killed it in college. They're you know like most said, they're teams, in college. They can move around. Most teams that like have those massive flops are the same teams and they're badly run teams and they consistently have poor people running their organization and the Cleveland Browns are (laughs) as bad as it gets. So I think like, but you don't see how many times like the Steelers, how many times are the Steelers or the Patriots just like whiff on a first round pick? Like it just doesn't happen because they're just like, they're just run so well and bad organizations, the bears, the, like, I mean, the Bengals up until recently, the Browns, the Lions. Cowboys. That's why they are all stuck in mediocrity because from the draft to the free agent money that they throw out there, they're just consistently making wrong decisions. What, what do you like? Uh, and that's like, I was looking at it in like the 2000, I think it was 2017, 2018 draft when uh, Josh Allen was drafted. They The Broncos picked number four that year, and they picked Drew Locke over yeah. Allen. And you look at what those two have done now, like Locke's gone. He's irrelevant no matter what team he goes to. And Allen's absolutely killing it. And you're like, how can you get it so wrong? I don't understand that part. I don't know. Ask the Chicago Bears. They've never had a quarterback in their franchise history. I mean, it's It's just like, it's just almost, it defies even stats that you couldn't accidentally draft somebody that was halfway competent. I, I don't I just I always look back at like coaches when I was in football and, and stuff like that and they were you know like you're too small you're not fast enough and then as you get older and you start playing and you start seeing other people and you're like I'm not, I'm not that bad you know like it, yeah not as bad as you said I was but I will I mean, say this, this is, though you know, a totally different level Th- this was interesting I saw on um, I was watching like I think I was flipping through I saw Colin Cowherd because I always would hear people say like if you're winning free agency like it's not good like it, it's because your franchise you know you build through the draft you retain your own free agents but and they're like so if you're winning free agency it's it's probably not a good thing like on average the last eight years the teams that quote unquote won free agency had an average of five more wins the next season like I'm pretty okay. Really? With winning free agency, if that's what that equates to, like <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. The Rams trade all their draft picks. They have like no draft picks ever, and their owners like, I don't care, and they just let's get a win now. I'm yeah, win now. I yeah, it was, was cool. I, I like I like what the Rams did because it's just cool because it's so 
uh, it was so far out there of what they did. And it was so contradictory to like the mainstream of like how you build a, a Super Bowl team. So how do you figure cool? How do you figure they had a bunch of leeches that came on jumping on for a title? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I thought that was cool that they did it. What? I just because it just it's it just kind of slaps everything in the face. I just thought that was like, all right, cool. Like they literally oh. put everything. They 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 got rid of all their draft picks. They just they were like they went all in on one season. Okay, I mean that. Well, I, mean, I also kind of would enjoy it if they didn't make it. But I think it's kind of cool. They were just like they gambled everything, and they're like, all right, we're gonna suck for like the next ten years, but we're gonna win a Super Bowl. Hopefully right. this year, and, I mean, and it kind of worked out, which is kind of cool is you get to see what kind of caliber of player you're getting, give or take, right? I mean, they've been in the NFL. You see what they can do. You kind of know what you're getting when you go for those guys. At a college, it's, it's a it's a crapshoot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing, I how would you like to be the uh, the guy who bought Tom Brady's football the, <laughs> for 500 grand the day before he announced he was coming back? I guess he he offered that, that guy no he offered that guy uh, some money for it because he felt bad. So everybody, it, dude, I can't believe you didn't see that chick. So th- he tweets out that he's coming back on a Sunday. That Saturday, there was an auction. A dude paid like five hundred and something thousand dollars for Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Oh. <laughs> it's it's his last one, and literally, not even twenty four hours later. Tom Brady announces that he's coming back. And because it was so close, I'm I I'm not surprised that Tom uh like offered some money to that dude because it was everywhere. People were just laughing like crazy, like that that's gotta suck, like just to be that dude, which I don't feel bad for him. He paid five hundred grand for a football, but Yeah, that's true. Man. He's in no need for financial. Yeah, he's probably not hurting that bad. But I mean, I'm sure he wasn't like risking everything he owned on this football. Really paying for his retirement. Like, <laughs> yeah. And oh, if he was, man. then, well, I really don't feel bad then. <laughs> I feel nothing for you, buddy. Well, the only other crazy thing that happened was baseball's back. After yeah. Being locked finally. out. Yeah, they finally agreed on something. And they're not canceling any games. They had to reschedule a few, but they're still going to have a 162-game season, which is a crazy amount of games. God, it's so many. Just... I wish I know it won't happen, but man, I wish they would go down. They need to reduce the games. Well, they what? they changed some stuff. So the the I was playoffs. Say, what changes did they make? Yeah, they expanded the playoffs from ten teams to twelve teams. Okay, which I think is good because they had the fewest teams in the playoffs of any major sport, and they have more regular season games by far. Like it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they so they had changed a few years back that double headers would have seven inning games, not nine in games, not nine inning games, and they're uh, yeah. going back to nine inning games for those double headers. So, okay. Um, didn't they do a shot clock or like? Didn't they implement some other rules too? Yeah. Um, well, the the universal DH, so the NL is going to have the DH now, which okay, I yeah. I love that. And that's huge, too, because that allows so many players. It opens up an entire league for, like, aging players who can hit but maybe aren't as good in the field. They could right. only, like they were always just like, oh, well, they can be a DH somewhere. And now you've opened up, like, the whole other half of the league half to the allow these league, free agents sure. to have, a, you know, a place to work. Um, that's cool. No, no runners on base to start extra inning games. 
I don't know if you knew, but they were putting guys yeah, on so second they base. Yeah, got rid of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're talking about a draft lottery to be used to discourage tanking. So like the NBA, mm-hmm. the worst record gets you the best odds, but it's still a lottery. So it's not it's not like a NFL lock. Worst record equals worst pick. Right. Um, <clears throat> so they're doing pitch clocks will be used, and there will be a ban on defensive shifts in 2023. No way. That's what I read. Why I hate that. I hate you... that. I think it's I such see, a I don't get... cop out that just because defenders can play the statistics and hitters refuse to adapt whatsoever to these shifts. I know. I don't what? think you encourage it just because you want more offense. You don't reward hitters for saying I, I don't I don't want to adapt. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I don't. I never really. So I heard. I remember I was at a game, I believe, or maybe I was listening to it on the radio. Um, one of the Ranger games, and they were talking about that. That they were. I think one guy was for it, one was against it. At least they acted that way. But they t- they they said it was being looked at as getting banned. And man, I don't know. I just like I. I kind of feel like you should be able to do whatever you want on the. Yeah, I agree. On exactly. the defense, like I just you can't tell because like, God, how to there's play. A, such a massive hole in that side. It's like if you could just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional baseball player by any means, but I don't know. Like swing the bat a little slower or do something like adjust it's, your it, body to hit it that it, way. You need like nothing. Yeah, if you want, if you want to push, triple play. I mean, if you want to push opposite play, field. A triple. It's a, a triple. But if you, you want to shift. If you if you want to shift where you're putting the ball, you shift your back foot. So if you, as a batter, I'm a left-hander. If I want to hit the ball into left field, I just keep my, or sorry, yeah, the left field, I move my left foot back. And you, you're changing the angle of your body so the angle of the ball comes off the bat and it will put it into left field right? instead of always pulling it right. You can do it. It's, it's easier to do in like, Softball, obviously, because you can really <laughs> angle that bat a little bit more. <laughs> you don't see but it. Versus it 100 mile an hour, 99 miles per hour. Right. Well, yeah, I get. But yeah, <laughs> if you shift your back foot, so, put so, the, ball my, so the point is, it's it's doable. So I don't get why they don't yeah. just do it. I like the pitch clock thing, though. I like. I do I think. Too. I agree. They've got to do something to kind of speed the game up. Some. Like well, they said. Peers, well, like, they're they're testing stuff in the minors a lot. So they're testing a pitch timer, which they said reduced the games by 20 minutes on average. And then they're also testing automated balls and strikes. So no more umps calling it. And then oh, no, okay. and that would also implement, like, I think challenges as well. Because um, there's other – it was interesting what I was reading because they'd have to be able to define and agree onto, like, is it, like, if 50% of the ball is over – you know, the, the corner, yeah, yeah. is that considered a strike? Because, you know, those exact tolerances will be, you know, in that system. And then they're yeah. talking about larger bases, um, especially at first base, which makes sense to avoid collisions. Yeah. Um, but the one, I like that. one I, thing <laughs> I like the most is that they're doing less division games so that every team will play one series against every other team in a season. So normally your inner league, you would only play like, an NL team would play like four, you know, one division, I think, and that that's it for interleague play. And so it'd mm. take like five years before Mike Trout would ever play in Wrigley Field or, you know, 12 years or something. Like you might never <laughs> see one of the greatest yeah, yeah. players of all time ever even play a game in Wrigley Field or, you know. 
at your home stadium wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool, cool that they're doing that. I feel like that's smart. I just, I don't get like even, I remember when people are like, well, we can't, when they talked about making the pitching mound flatter or anything just to try to give a little bit more offense and to make the game a little faster. And so I get, I, I don't get, I don't agree why so many people, some people are just such purists that they just don't want any rules changed. Like, dude, it's, it's, well, first of all, these are the times. The Look at all the, the first sports place. you're going against, dude. It, it's not like they would be lowering it. Like they'd be probably lowering it back to where it was before they raised it right. previously because they needed pitchers to, it's kind of an ebb and flow there, but mm-hmm. moving the mound, it's like no purist can argue that like it's already been done. Like moving it down would certainly give pitchers oh, a little less angle and velocity. Oh, they're bitching. Mm-hmm. Everybody will bitch to find a way. I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's like that <coughs> big of a problem where the pitchers have such an overwhelming advantage against hitters. I think it's just a generation of hitters who want to hit, who want to drive the ball and hit home runs. And they have absolutely mm-hmm. no desire to seek out contact or to have situational hitting or put the ball in play and get base from like, there's no fundamentals. And I don't think it's because yeah. pitchers are that right. damn good. Like, or, you know, or they have Everybody's such an advantage the over them. Yeah. It's just like nobody plays, you know, to their strengths. They just try to, everybody just wants to slug. I've noticed that. And, it, and um, it's also like go back to like Little League. Like when, when I played Little League or when you guys played Little League, I remember my coach telling me like don't try to hit a home run. Just pop it over their heads. You know, just pop it over the infield, drop it right between them, you know, get bases, get get on base. That's all that matter. Watch your pitches, take walks, you know, don't don't swing at everything. If it's a 3-0 and count, take a pitch, you know, cause you know, it's coming, Yeah. you know, if they walk you, they walk you. And it, like you said, it's being situational and actually playing baseball. It's not, all right, see how many home runs this year. Cause the, the, the pitcher's throwing 104 miles an hour. And if I do make contact, it's going to go a long way. Yeah. I think one thing that was kind of surprising was, uh, and I kind of noticed it before. And then I heard somebody like a commentator talk about it, but the average like batting averages, like how much lower they are yeah, these pathetic. last couple seasons. Dude, I mean, my God, they're like, oh, so and such. And I was like, I remember seeing, like, yo, he's having a much better year this year. And then he's like at like 203. And it's like, <laughs> God, I'm, again, I'm not, I don't follow baseball super close, but I feel like I remember those numbers being yeah. much higher. Like, you're good. Well, oh, this guy's doing really good. was like at least 300. It was like in the steroid era where home runs were valued so much where like teams started saying like, okay, well, we know this guy's batting like 250, 240, but he gives us 30 plus home runs and like, you know, yeah. decent amount of RBIs. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like the Adam Duns and like even Andrew Jones and like th- some of those guys, but now it's just turned into like everybody, everybody yeah, at any position team. can just hit two, like 240 or less. But as long as they can pop some home runs once in a while, it's like, that's cool. It's like no, that's not that cool. <laughs> like no, it's, it's not. not fun it's, to watch either because even no, it's even contact really outs, boring. Like sometimes outs can be the most exciting, but guys like won't even. It's just they'll strike out. They'll strike out or yeah. they'll hit a home run, and it's like I can't even see good defensive plays, which can be as fun as oh, you know, I. I hits. love the defensive side. Yeah, running double plays, especially if the game's close and. A dude beats the ball to the third base, you know, just like just barely. Like that stuff is really exciting. And that you're right. It's just stuff that doesn't happen often. 
that and stealing bases. My God, like nobody tries to steal bases anymore. Remember, I don't know if that's just because catchers Ricky are Henderson, that much better man. or what. Ricky Henderson. I mean, that dude, they say now, like, if somebody stole a can or some outrageous amount of bases for, like, 20 years, they'd still never catch Ricky Henderson. I mean, that's what he did. He just stole bases. And you don't have people like that anymore that are just insane speedsters and just that's what they do. They steal bases. Like, you never see it anymore. I just don't see anybody even try. Very rarely. Because yeah. why? Because the home run. Because people understand that that's where offense comes. So you don't want to take a player off the bases and potentially get them thrown out if the next pitch ends up being a home run. Now you just scored one run instead Guaranteed of two. two shot. Everybody's yeah, so yeah. scared about missing out on on maximizing the home runs. Like I'm telling you, it's a trickle effect on everybody's offensive mindset. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't really thought of it. Thought of it all. All the ways that it kind of sucks some of the fun out of the game. But I don't think I don't think uh, punishing defensive players for being smart enough to play into a hitter's tendencies is the answer either. Right. No, it's not. And I also don't think like when they're talking about Mark McGuire, Tosa, and all that stuff, and everyone's like, just let them, just let them do steroids. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the answer either. You know, just <laughs> let everyone get doped up because then that home run tendency thing is going to be way up there. Like that's all everyone's going to hope for. Yeah, yeah the pitchers true. are going to be throwing 115 miles an hour if they can just openly <laughs> roid out. So I mean, it's gonna it's gonna balance, it'll balance itself, itself out, out, I guess. There will be there will I mean they're going to need nets. They would need nets around the whole stadium. They probably just need hockey plexiglass to cover yeah. every spectator. Just play it in a bubble. If you just let those dudes openly roid out, that would be. Can awesome. you imagine the foul balls? I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't go within a half mile of those stadiums. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. right to the face. <clears throat> All right. So uh, good stuff, Schick. Uh, the world of sports has had quite a few uh, deals. Um, so the other thing I'm going to – I don't have a segue, so I'm just going to do it. So we uh, basically – one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about, and we'll talk about it pretty briefly, uh, is <clears throat> getting rich and rich people. Uh, I have had, I don't really know why I was talking about it last week. It kind of came up a couple different times and talking to people about it. Uh, and then I did meet a guy that a friend of mine, and, or we've become friends, and he's just somebody, he's a young guy, but he's very kind of a hustler. He's very hungry and just trying to figure out ways to make more money. And as a small business owner, that world definitely talks about money a lot, but also other small business owners talk a lot about like revenue streams. Like, Oh, you're going to have multiple revenue streams. That's how, that's how rich people get rich and all this stuff. Like you just can't have one. You got to have more And it. And then I get, so I just, I don't know. It's I'm not saying that's wrong at all. I just wanted to so I kind of looked into it. It's like, what does what are some of the things that make rich people rich? Like, how do people get rich? Um, I will say, I'm not going to go into all like the statistics, but I will say that we live in uh, the best the best country to get rich in. In case you guys weren't aware of that, mm-hmm. um, it is by far the easiest, one of the easiest to have uh, your own business. It's also one of the easiest to accumulate money and get out from being poor the poor class to the top zero one percent, you know, being a multimillionaire. 
Uh, and that's another thing too. <clears throat> so go America on that one. The other thing that, man, one of these was <laughs> this article I'm sitting here reading. It defined rich people as they make at least 160,000 a year. And then half I of them. I was rich at one point. And I was, yes. So I was like, man, I mean, I know more than one. I, it's not saying, so it says, uh, and it's not like that's the per, zero one percent, but still, I just thought that was a little low. Uh, half of them make close to five hundred thousand a year. Sixteen um, percent of the rich people are worth more than five million, and almost all of them that are considered rich are worth at least three point two million. So I have. I have come to a conclusion after guiding for two years and taking people in my boat that have had ungodly amounts of money that I did not realize. Like you think there's a level of rich and then you meet somebody and you go, holy crap, that's not even close to what I thought rich was like. Mm -hmm. You're up here. And like, I took one guy who I took his buddies. There was like a four day thing. I took him one day and then his buddies for three and I'm like, on the last day, the guys are like, yeah, can you believe he's worth like 465 million? And I was like, how much? Like, Jesus. And they're like, yeah, he sold his two NBC affiliates on the West Coast for $465 million. And mm. I just, there's just that other level that I have never even seen and or like been a part of, right? Like, I've, I've hung out people at a couple million. All right, sure. they were rich, and then and then there's this other level that is insane, and that's what I've been exposed to. So there could be a couple more levels that I don't even know about. You know well, what I mean? So yeah, there is. They're called billionaires, and <laughs> that's the most insane. <laughs> I mean, because like I remember, same thing. You know, you think you meet people that have like you know, and I've and so in my business too, I've I've met people, I've talked with people. Some some are my customers, and you you have to. We talk about financials and financial services and life insurance, all kinds of stuff. So you get to a feel for their how much money they're bringing in, all kinds of stuff. And man, there's a few that are really really wealthy, but they're. Um, I will never forget. I thought what rich was, and then you know, thinking somebody making a million dollars a year, 2 million a year. It's like, damn, that's a lot of money. I mean, and it is, it's a ton of money, but my college Casey is Casey that's been on the show. Well, he didn't talk on the show, but he was on the show. So <laughs> he was too bad. He doesn't he listen here. to hear that shot either. No, I know. Um, <laughs> he, his dad worked and did custom carpentry work and cabinets and all kinds of stuff. He's kind of like a handyman guy, but he did it for, he got into some very, very wealthy circles and would do it for very wealthy people. And he got in really good with this family that owned like a ton of land and like inherited all this stuff. And they had this empire and it was all, most of it was tied to oil and like oil in the Gulf and all kinds of other stuff. I don't even know what it was, but I know most of it was oil. Their passive, passive revenue stream, which means they didn't actually go to work to make this amount of money was $30 million a month. No. Good Lord. Oh yeah. They were worth, I forgot what the family is. They're worth billions. 
Now, I don't know that that's going to be insane, 30 man. million forever, but it, at one point they were making 30 million a month. Well, I, when I was in the oil field, I was up in, I was up in North Dakota. That's 360 and million. And they're, I think they were worth like 10 billion. So that's, dude, that's billionaire in North money, Dakota, man. That's insane. When I was working in North Dakota, I was at a little cafe and I was, we were eating breakfast and there were, you know, you can kind of overhear conversations and there was a, a rancher that was talking to his life or farmer. And he said, yeah, I checked the bank account on Monday. Uh, we had $34 in, in our account. And he said, Jack called and I'm guessing Jack was the oil representative and said that the first check should have hit Tuesday. So he said, I checked the account Wednesday and we had $3 million in the bank. <laughs> and that's off. That's off royalties for my mineral rights. Mm. And so now that well, those wells, and I, I talked to a company man later and he said, he thinks he knows what he's the guy that I was talking about. And they had three barn burners that were drilled on their land. And you're talking about how like ways people make money and get rich. A lot of it could be pure blind luck that sure. you happen to buy this land that no one knew had 500 million gallon barrels of oil underneath it. And now it's producing 800 barrels a day and you're going to make a million dollars a month per well. And like, can you imagine that shift in finance, in finances? No I mean, you went from, we're going to be broke if I buy a cheeseburger to buy all new farm equipment, let's build a new barn and let's really get after this thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have felt that level of poor before, but not that level of, <laughs> not too. the swing up. I've been that swing down. I've no. just never been the upside. Um, this said, uh, it takes rich people on an average to accumulate their wealth on average. It takes uh, 32 years. Um, they like their jobs. 86% of them uh, like what they do for a living. 61% of them pursued a dream or something they were passionate about. Those of them who did pursue some dream became millionaires in only 12 years, and they have a net worth of $7.4 million. Um, most of the richest of among them had success mentors. They read every day to learn. 88% of them read every day to increase their knowledge for their job. 85% of them read a minimum of two books a month. 63% of them listened to, listened God, to audiobooks. Uh, ooh. Audiobooks or podcasts. Would you read this on Amazon? Hey. Where this article's from? <laughs> hey, here's a fancy link to the Kindle, Kindle bookstore while you're at it. This is on... <laughs> this is on businessinsider.com. Business Isn't Business Insider... Which one's owned by him now? I don't know. All of them? He bought one Probably of them. Probably that one. Um, <clears throat> most of them are self-made. But it does say 60, 60% of them listen to audiobooks or podcasts. So we're making people rich. Uh, most of That's them right. are self, not ourselves though. Most of them are self-made. They inherited nothing from their parents. 31% of them were raised in a poor home. 45% of them were raised in middle class. Only 24% of them inherited money from their parents. They have money, good, many good habits and few bad habits. 73% of them get their success habits from their parents. Uh, they're competitive, Brian. 63% of them played sports in high school. They're in good health, and they take care of themselves. Why'd you emphasize that? 
just because we were just talking about how the comorbidities of fat people and just people dying. Okay. They exercise almost every day. 76 for them. Six. Well, did you feel attacked right there? No, I was just curious. It just felt very okay. like, like you had a personal touch to that. Yeah. Cause I've, well, dude, we were in Granbury. It works out. We were in Granbury and I swear to you, we went to like some dino park, every single family, every one of them, besides the ones we were with. Like an average over, of four hundred pounds. Like every every per kid adult was probably like whole family. Ad, adult was probably th- over three hundred. Like every one of them, and then the kids were like two hundred. They were like five. I got a rude awakening today at, at Bree's pregnancy. At the the dawn and they had the MBI. Uh, the, sorry, not MBI. The body mass index up oh, on the yeah. board there. And, BMI. Uh, I was looking. I was like. Yeah, BMI, not MBI. That was a company I worked for. Uh, BMI, and I look at it, I was like, I got a six foot, go over, I weigh 225 pounds, and I'm obese. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the BMI has been <laughs> accurately updated. <clears throat> there is supposedly. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't reflect our family, that's for sure. I'm not going to look it up because that's stupid and boring, but I'm pretty sure they have a like an athletic bmi now it's not official like i don't think it's a thing but they have something that try to like account for muscle mass but i don't know um yeah. right. so sorry uh, off topic rich people sorry. are charitable with their time and money 72 percent of them volunteer five hours or more a month at local nonprofits. they, also they don't have to do to anything these. i know it's because they're already rich it's like these people right. oh, they all work exactly. out they give back to charity it's like because they don't do anything <laughs> I disagree. I will say they've already made their money. They don't care. Their money's working for them. So I will say most of the business owners that I know, uh, they're younger. Now they're not like on, maybe they're not making, they're not worth the millions yet, but some of the ones that I know that are really successful, they actually are, man, like I know some that have three businesses and still work out. So they'll get up early and work out. They'll still do something. And again, it may be like a 30 minute thing, um, 30 minute workout. It may go run a couple miles, but they do something like every day, but they're just those people, man. They're just like, they're going to do everything and they got to do like just super regimented and, and they just get shit done. And I think that's the biggest to me. That's a big one. Um, streams of revenue is a big a, one that I always interview. hear. What's up? I listened to an interview with, I listened to an interview with Rob Gerdick. And Rob Dyrdek said yeah. that he started getting up at 4, 4 a.m. because it added, what did he say? Because he was getting up at like 7 and he didn't have a whole lot of time and he just always felt rushed. He started getting up at 4 and that gave him time to go to the gym. Told, they had time that he could sit down and read in the morning or do whatever he had to do and he didn't feel rushed. And he's like, you add three hours to your day. And then it was talking about like you get those three every day in a week you've got you know, 21 extra hours. You got a full day in a yeah. week that you yeah. can get things done. So it which was is almost cool. 52 like, more was... days that you added. That's a yeah. whole month that you almost added or more than a month that you added to your, to your year. Um, <clears throat> I'm not getting up at four though. Not doing it. Sorry. Yeah. I don't like four, maybe six. All right. <clears throat> um, so Tony Robbins, I found an article with him. So they're obsessed with not losing money. Oh, Schick's now got the slow, the slow internet. Um, they know they'll be wrong. They understand the power of tax efficiency. They are all learning machines, and they are all givers. 
So there's definitely a theme that starts to develop there. Uh, the average millionaire has um, seven streams of revenue. Holy smokes. Shit, can you hear us? That's a lot of... That- yeah. Okay, we just can't see you. All right. That is a lot of uh, <laughs> income. Seven yeah. streams. That's well, insane. You, so you got to think, right? Like some of it's to diversify, but then you like, all right, you get like a rental property. Okay, that's... Even if it's not a lot, that's one stream of revenue. And I know right. a lot of people that try to make a goal of getting five, at least today, want to get to five for whatever reason. I don't know what's significant about five, but like... Um, okay. So then you got your job, your everyday job. Then you got your, you know, podcast. It doesn't make any money, but if this thing brought us in money, that would be two. <laughs> then you have one rental car, rental, rental property. Then that's three. Um, I don't know. People just, they're just, you got some of it. They're really creative and some of it's just like side stuff. It's just side hustles that they're just like, well, you know, I can do this for an hour a day and I'm going to make these little bracelets and sell them on Etsy, Etsy or whatever. It's just, you know, then they just, obviously those people that are millionaires kind of figure out how to grow each one of those to make them like, all right, now how can I get somebody to make, can I hire like two high school kids to make five bracelets or whatever an hour? And they just start, they just build it. And it's, 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 I've seen some young guys do it that are on their way. They're not like crazy millionaires or nothing yet, but it's, I've started to meet people kind of in that, cause you're just the entrepreneurial kind of minded people. And man, some of them, I mean, it's just, they're going to work 80 hours a week, but it's like, yeah, they're going to get one business to where they're working. Now they only have to work at like 20 hours a week, but they don't stop. They don't slow down. They're not like, all right, cool. I got this one business that's doing pretty good. I'm making 75,000 a year off of it or a hundred K that's cool. They don't slow down. They're like, all right now, but I don't have to be here. I'm not working this thing, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I'm only working 40 but I'm used to working 70. So what can I do with that other 30? I'm going to start another business or I'm going to do this, you know, landscaping guys go into landscaping. Then they do construction then they do fencing. And they just like, they start like edging off different random things. Then you got other people who, I don't know. <clears throat> what? The, the, the millionaires <laughs> that I have met. That, that, what was that noise? No, I'm on. marking that. Hold on. That was the weirdest. I didn't hear it. it was you. <laughs> I don't know if you glitched when you tried to like interject. <laughs> it was just like, hey. And I was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the millionaires that I have met, the guys that I know have made a buttload of money, sold their one business yeah. for a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like one guy sold his oil company for 110 million. Another guy built this engineering firm up from the ground and then sold it to his son for his son to take over but i mean he sold it to his son but he had made so much money from it he basically gave it to his son to take over but and like that one guy sold his one business of nbc affiliates and yeah. made a shit ton of money like there i get the like income and like kind of in all these different streams of how to get there I think a lot of times if you put all that focus on one goal of the one business, I don't, I don't, I don't like that shotgun effect of, so I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my hands in this, everything as I can. It's something's got to make me money. Right. No, no, no. So the thing is you've got to make, 
the one like with the streams of revenue thing is it's got to each one of them have to be making you money. I'm just saying that one stream may you may have one stream that brings in 90% or at one point it's going to be you know 80 90% of your income but then the other ones start bringing in you know they start to grow over time as long as it's scalable so you scale it and make it more so but not something that you're it still has to stay profitable or it doesn't make sense or some of it's just investments so it's stock market or um, rental properties you know, a lot of guys are okay I'm going to buy I've got enough I'm going to save my money with my one main business and then I'm going to start I'm going to put a little piece of the off to the side. And then, you know, once a year, once every two years, I'm going to try to buy a house and then rent it. And then eventually, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you pay off those houses. And now all of a sudden you got five or 10 rental properties that are paying you a thousand bucks a month. Okay. Now you got 10 grand a month with 10 houses. That's 120 grand a year. You're not doing a damn thing with it. Like you're not having to work it, <clears throat> but you're putting your, you're just taking your money from somewhere like your main business and then helping it make more money or, putting it to do something for you instead of just kind of sitting on it. But I agree. I think, you know, putting most of your focus on one thing and really growing one giant business is, it's not like the article is not saying, and I've read the, the seven streams of revenue thing a lot. And it's, it's not that it's like the only way it's just the average. So the average dude who's making whatever the average millionaire guy has seven streams of revenue. And then one of those could be like, that's insane. but you know, it's, it's, they may not be big, but God, I mean, you get one passive, relatively passive stream of revenue that's making you a hundred k. That's that's pretty ridiculous. And then you can be like, oh, what do I want to do with this money? Like, okay, after a couple of years, I have three hundred grand to invest in something else. Maybe, hey, my cousin wants to do a business. Right. You know, okay, cool. Well, I'll give yeah. it this, and I'll take half. You know, give me half of the the shit. Yeah, I agree. And that's you know, Bree's looking into doing real estate, and she started taking mm-hmm. classes on selling houses and stuff like that for on the side, you know, for, and we're hoping that maybe it takes off because real estate around Pinedale is insane right now. I mean, people like, and I don't see it going down. I really don't because of it's such a destination to be for, for rich. It's, it's beautiful. There's so much to do in the, you know, in the summers, but they're, they're not going to be here. They're not going to live year round, but like the price of housing is through the roof. And yeah. if you can make some money off selling it, why not do it? Right. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I think it's, that's, you know, it's another great example. It's just, it's something that can become your, <clears throat> I just think that I meet a lot of people that, I mean, even corporate guys who work up, you know, they work in the chain. They're not, they didn't start their own business, nothing like that. And they, they start just saving money and they start investing in whatever real estate, other, they get some business, you know, some people, or if they have some people, they invest in another business. So it's not something that like you're, you have to be an entrepreneur and own your own little small business, or you're just, you can't make it. It's, you just got to be able to grind and take, you know, make the best of your time. And I think that's where you there. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got you to apply yourself. Yeah. Well, you can, I mean, yeah. And you can't like get fired from your job. If that's what's funding everything, <laughs> like you can't just be like, nah, I'm, I'm just, I don't feel like going to work today. Like, well, no, you got to get your ass up and go to work every day and then save your money. So you can't be an idiot with your money. You got to like have a plan, have a goal. I think that's the biggest thing for me is the goal thing. Like I remember me and Renee years ago kind of sat down. I was like, well, what do you want it? Like, what do you want our retirement to be like? Like, what do you want to, like, where do you want to live? Do you want to live on a lake? I mean, what's like, I want a goal. Let's have some goals. And she's like, what? Like, we don't, I'm trying, I'm worried about like making sure we have enough diapers and like all the stuff. 
to get through the week. Like, and you're over here thinking about when we're 60. Like, shut up. <laughs> we got shit to do right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just saying, like, I just, you know, yes, yeah, so some of that's just personality, but clearly you I just do chose think it's important. the worst time to like bring that I know. up. Like, <laughs> I know she probably like yeah. just gotten home from a long day. <laughs> Kids are crying, changing poopy diapers. And oh like, yeah. You're just ready for pillow talk. <laughs> She's making the list for the grocery <laughs> store, just thinking about how much she's going to hate it. And then I'm like, you know. Babe, how big of a boat can I get years. for my retirement? Let's, let's daydream about being multimillionaires, even though I'm making $20,000 a year working for a guy. Now, I think it's, but I do think it's important. I think having the goal, having the direction. Um, in the Junto that's coming up at the end of this month, where we read uh, the Will Smith book called Will. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty eye-opening, like, the stuff that he set aside and, like, what he, like, clearly defined, like, what he wanted and what he wanted to do. Um, I mean, he was only, like, in his teens and how he just went just nuts just trying to get those, accomplish some of those things. It was, it was pretty, it was inspiring, that's for sure. <laughs> it's cool. a good book, actually. It was actually a good book. Didn't know a lot about, about that dude, uh, but now I do. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, to not uh, know a lot about that dude because I will not read that. Good. It's yeah. It's not a short book either. Good luck. Um, on getting rich, guys, and um, maybe you know, multi-level marketing. I don't know. I actually didn't really say anything about multi-level marketing, which was nice to hear. Um. <clears throat> other than that, boys, uh, have a good night, and I'll see you guys next week. See ya. All right, sounds good. End it, drop it, send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.